0: I'm your host, Gary Leland, the producer of the BitBlockBoom Bitcoin Conference. Just for reference, I also produce the 4-Minute Crypto Show and the Crypto Cousins Podcast. In August, I'll produce the third BitBlockBoom Bitcoin Conference in Dallas, Texas, with help from my friends. If you have any kind of interest in Bitcoin, you really need to visit bitblockboom.com and take a look at the great speaker lineup and all the events that are going on around BitBlockBoom. BitBlockBoom is a Bitcoin conference, and I really do mean a true Bitcoin conference. No talking about altcoins or blockchain here. And if you use the code COUSINS, that's C-O-U-S-I-N-S, when purchasing your conference tickets, you'll receive a 30% discount off the price at this year's event. Now on this episode, I'm featuring Michael Goldstein, also known as Bitstein. And this session is titled The Art of Bitcoin Rhetoric how to meme bitcoin to the moon this was a session for the 2019 bitblock boom conference that went viral let's listen Bit, block, boom. all
1: right how's everyone doing how many of y'all were at the dinner last night most okay great that was i had a lot of fun that was fantastic uh i don't know how we'll beat it next year but we'll figure something out Like I said, I'm Michael Goldstein. Welcome to my Ridiculous Ted Talk. This is uh, the art of Bitcoin rhetoric, how to meme Bitcoin to the moon. Um, A lot of people talk about uh, price fundamentals, all that. I want to talk about how to troll, how to uh, go hard in the paint with no corners. And uh, yeah, so let's get to it. So a month ago today, um, a pivotal moment in US history occurred um, in the uh, United States Congress, Uh, the Honorable Representative Warren Davidson uh, declared on congressional record that there is Bitcoin and there is shitcoin. I uh, share the uh, expression of the woman on the right. (laughs) Exact same feeling. We've also had uh, guys like Joe Kernan on CNBC Squawk Box, which is suddenly my favorite TV show. Uh, You know, the next halving, you look at stock to flow. I'm just saying, Bitcoin believers, maximalists. But, yep, $55,000 after the next halving. It's a little bearish, but okay. Which would be May of 2020. What are you laughing about? This is our meme world. Everyone else is just living in it. We have this issue in the world where, you know, we're inundated with uh, mass media, social media, podcasts. Uh, We have all the podcasters here today. Flocks of Carrier pictures. Whatever you need to, to get messages across. We have overflows of information. However... Our minds can only handle so much information at a time, and our ability to process it all is extremely scarce. So in order to get the messages across, we have to be able to uh, create them in a very efficient and effective manner. They need to be extremely well-crafted. And as you can tell, we're getting to the floor of Congress now. We're not merely playing around with magic Internet money. We're engaging in advanced geopolitical meme craft. We're shaping civilization for... Centuries, if not millennia, to come. So it is important that we get our messages right. So the path to victory. I do have to say, frankly, none of us are needed. No one person in Bitcoin is a completely decentralized network. No one person matters. This is really just all fun and games while the macroeconomics of hard money does what it does, which is dominate. Um, However, in the meantime, we can have a lot of fun. um, And we can also expedite the process by uh, finding people at the margins and teaching them Uh, new information about, uh, you know, what we know about the world, and also bully the people who, uh, you know, don't agree with us. (laughs) So a very important um, concept in communication comes from Aristotle, and it's this distinction of rhetoric versus dialectic. And this is a very important um, thing to understand when you're engaging with various people online in the real world, anytime you're talking to anyone, really. Rhetoric is very much the art of persuasion. It's trying to like, how do you convince people to take up a new idea or change their minds? Um, while dialectic is the art of argu- argumentation. And when I say argumentation, I mean that in a very sort of, uh, you know, strict debate sense. You're working through things in a systematic, logical method. So very much like the the memes would be the uh, rhetoric, while dialectic is more of you know, standing up and saying, I resolve that. Blah blah blah. So. Rhetoric is very good for public discussion. That is, like, when you're broadcasting to the world. Um, It is good for defending or accusing. So, like, when people are hurling other memes back at you, the art of rhetoric allows you to, uh, you know, defend against it like a a good fencer, just parrying their own attacks, um, while also, you know, going hard at them as well. Uh, Dialectic, on the other hand, this, you know, systematic, logical method of of finding truth. That's more good for private or academic discussion. That's good for people who you actually can agree on certain principles ahead of time so you don't like wallow around in the mud. You both are kind of working together. You might disagree, but you're working together to find out and elucidate some bigger truth. And you have to be kind of on some same team um, in order to do that. So this brings us to our next point. When to argue and when to troll. Arguing Um, which, remember, when we say arguing, we're talking about more of like a a debate-style thing. That's with other Bitcoin maximalists. It's people who, um, or, you know, they could also be pre-coiners, but people who are interested in actually learning with you, coming to that truth along with you. However, anyone in the out-group, whether it's shitcoiners, multi-coiners, no-coiners, journalists, especially journalists, they only get trolling. Basically, anyone with a blue check mark until proven innocent, will get the heavy hand of absolute trolling. Honestly, there's no reason to ever engage with someone who is not willing to actually understand uh, your position in a good systematic, logical way. That doesn't mean that you're actually constantly always talking like that, but if they're not willing to take your ideas seriously, then there's absolutely no reason to engage them in a way that would assume them to be that kind of person. They do not deserve it. They have not shown that they deserve that. And this is actually the importance of echo chambers. People usually malign echo chambers, like how dare you You know, have your little group But it's actually a very important thing because it allows you to cultivate a group of people who share these sort of fundamentals so that you can get to the important things. And you also have a group that you actually trust to be able to give you good information and feedback on that. It does not mean that everyone in the echo chamber literally agrees on everything. It means that the people in the echo chamber are on the same team and are trying to get somewhere together. And that is extremely valuable. That being said, when you're actually arguing with people online and stuff, the person that you're talking to might not be the person you're directly replying to on Twitter, for instance. And so you might be actually engaging with, uh, dare I say, a journalist in a very uh, argumentative fashion. However, really, the purpose of that is to be broadcasting to others who might be looking in who want to learn from it. So this isn't completely black and white. This is to understand who is your actual audience and uh, understand how to communicate based on that, rather than just assuming that everyone is there to find a bigger truth, because some of them just want to know coin. What I recommend is relentless propaganda all day, every day, pump, pump, pump. You were born to shill, do it. <laughs> and I have, I have two rules, we'll start with one. One, there is no bad news for Bitcoin. There's never, ever been anything bad for Bitcoin. It's all good for Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. He gets it. Bit- Bitcoin Tina understands. So, what does this mean? It means that all public-facing propaganda, anything you're broadcasting, should be relentlessly positive. Because there is no bad news for Bitcoin. There is only good news for Bitcoin. Indeed, on top of this, we should always anchor on the most bullish position. Uh, You should never be afraid to take the possibilities to its logical extremes, because it is a possibility. And from there, work reality into your model with the nuance as necessary, as needed, and as deserved. A no-coiner does not necessarily deserve to understand, like, oh, no, we might actually just be going to, you know, $99 million a coin instead of $100 million a coin. They don't deserve that kind of thing. Always give them the most bullish. Uh, let them know that their opinion is not merely wrong, it is completely wrong. <laughs> so, yeah. Always be bullish. So here, I, I have a lot of examples of my tweets. It's not narcissism. It's just I can't remember 10 million tweets, but I can remember my own. Here's an example. Bitcoin is not merely going to uh, change the economy. No, it's going to create a new industrial revolution. It is going to reshape civilization towards a glorious future. Always be bullish. There is no bad news for Bitcoin. There is only good news for Bitcoin. Another thing with the positive memes and just uh, getting the message out there. Trigram memes good. Three-word memes, apparently very powerful. We first learned this from the art of the meme himself. The president of the United States, somehow, Donald Trump, (laughs) who shows what meme craft is capable of, by the way, for better or worse. Orange coin good, number go up, Bitcoin fixes this. These are powerful memes. Why, I think, is because it's so simple that to an outsider, it seems repetitive, it seems droning, it seems ridiculous. And yet, for us insiders, we know exactly what it means. We know that orange coin good has, you know, we're we're talking about all the ethical implications of money production. Number go up. We're talking about the fact that Bitcoin is the most liquid good and liquid goods have a positive feedback loop and all of this. The outsiders, they don't get this. They only see number go up. Bitcoin fixes this. Similarly, Bitcoin is an extremely uh, efficient tool for the division of labor and all of that. But for them, it's just like, how do you possibly think that Bitcoin somehow fixes the food supply and modern art and all of this that Seyfedine and I go, go on about? Literally fixes all of it, by the way. Uh, <laughs> so within the in-group, though, I do want to mention this. Um, I think when you're, you're, you're talking to uh, people within Bitcoin maximalist uh, community, you still need propaganda. Propaganda, uh, in this sense, is a way to remind people of why we're here keep the eyes on the prize, et cetera. I always think that it's important to be witty and fun and memorable and try to find these like mental models that just stick so you start to are able to sort of boil things down into something that's, you know, three words. How do you get these comp- complex ideas into three words? And like, you know, here is an example of uh, that people liked where uh, Bitcoin government governance was boiled down to simply a Mexican standoff in a memorable movie. Or the geopolitics and inevitability of uh, Bitcoin done the same. I also think that uh, you should never tire of sharing important actual knowledge uh, to the world. So there is no such thing as uh, too much Austrian economics content. I need to see more Rothbard people. Get out there. (laughs) So for the in-group, this is a great way to be pumping people up and and getting the knowledge out that helps us craft even greater memes as we go forward. Let's go on. Relentless propaganda. Rule number two. No-coiners must be crushed. (laughs) No-coiners, and as a reminder, when I say no corner, I do not mean someone who merely does not own Bitcoin. Most of those are pre-coiners. We take care of our pre-coiners. We love our pre-coiners. No-coiners, no-coiners are people who do not own Bitcoins and they hate Bitcoin. This is the Krugmans, the Rubinis, the Francis Coppolas, all of them, they must be crushed. They are supporters of a massively destructive economic system it's both a historical aberration and completely unnecessary. They deserve no mercy, and you will show them no mercy. <laughs> I have a few uh, out-group techniques that I want to talk to you about. Some, some ways to be memeing, trolling at them, crushing them. The concept of reframing, the concept of agreeing and amplifying, and the concept of dominating. <laughs> so reframing. The importance of reframing is that no person in the out group should be defining your narrative for you. If that happens you lose. They set the boundaries for it. They tell you what is good and bad, but they're not on your side. They don't know what's good and bad. You know what's good and bad and you get to set it yourself. So when you have Vitalik come out in 2014 talking all this nonsense about Bitcoin maximalist blah blah blah. That's fine. We're maximalist, whatever. We're going to go for it. And reframing is a way we took maximalist and we turn it into from a pejorative into a badge of honor. And same with things like toxic. I've seen some toxic shirts, etc. And even here, we have to note that Vitalik, for instance, when he was saying this, was that uh, you know Bitcoin maximalists are people who think that everything in the world should be on the uh, Bitcoin blockchain. Uh, Just wholesale, so like Ethereum should not have been its own chain, it should have been on that. However, most of the actual Bitcoin maximalist uh, position is that we don't need any of that at all. We just want digital cash. And so if you were to fall into that frame, you're suddenly arguing that, oh yeah, we need Ethereum stuff on Bitcoin. No, we don't. We set the boundaries of what we actually need, which is we need a sound digital money for the digital age. We set the frame and we take the term. Another way to reframe is anyone who is anti-Bitcoin is actually a Bitcoin accelerationist. So when Donald Trump gets on Twitter, as he does, and he says that the uh, you know, Fed should basically just be you know, destroying the dollar even further, clearly the man is way more Bitcoin maximalist than I could ever dream of being. <laughs> as I say, we, should all, we all need to learn to hate the USD as much as Donald Trump does. Anytime someone does this, Mnuchin, same thing. He's trying to, uh, you know, talk about like money laundering stuff. Clearly, he just cares about that stuff, and he's pro Bitcoin, and he's just wanting to make sure all the Bitcoin maximalists, you know, get to do their thing. Here's an example of why you cannot let people define the narratives for you. It's extremely cringeworthy when uh, someone else gets to uh, define the narrative for you and you become the, the sort of weaker frame in that meme war, it just, it's cringy. He's calling him a shitcoin shitcoin-tologist, uh which isn't even a good neologism. So do not let others do it. If that happens, you lose. Let's go on. Agreeing and amplifying, there's a lot of different stuff you can find online about this, but like basically in the context here, when you're memeing about Bitcoin, it's basically you accept correct but incorrectly labeled bad premises. And then further, you take it way farther than they even thought. And the classic example that I'm sharing here is when people talk about Bitcoin and energy production, they say, oh no, look at how much energy Bitcoin uses. Ah, but they're, once again, this is also a bit of reframing. They kind of overlap. They think that energy production is bad. I, on the other hand, I've read Saifedean, I've read The Moral Case for Fossil Fuels. I know that energy production is actually synonymous with human flourishing, and we're going to take this thing all the way. Bitcoin is not, like, the fact that it, it only uses, you know, as much as the country of Denmark or something like that. We need to pump those numbers up, people. You know, we need to get number go up so we get more mining, and we just, you know, we need Dyson spheres around the sun. We're going to soak up the entire energy of solar systems, And we're going to do this. And so what you do, we've agreed that Bitcoin, we don't say that, oh, no, actually, look at the, uh, you know, the banking system actually uses a lot of energy and look at the military, how much they waste. It's like, no, we want energy production and we're going to take it all the way. So that is uh, agreeing and amplifying. Dominating. (laughs) Remember, no coiners are supporting a massively destructive economic system. They're paid shills. This man is paid to tell you that inflation is good, that fiat is good, that 9-11 might actually cause an economic stimulus because look at all the broken windows. Literally go look up his uh, column right after 9-11. Meanwhile, being nice takes energy. And frankly, they haven't shown why I should expend that energy. So these people are the enemy. Uh, People like Krugman especially, these blue check marks that get paid to pump up such a heinous economic system. And they deserve nothing but extreme scorn and, and then, on the other hand, you have the no-corners of Wall Street and stuff. These people should be made to feel pain. Many of them have been making fun of Bitcoin for so long. And meanwhile, we're doing great. Number go up. The more pink Wojaks you can create in the world, the better. Angry pink man good. <laughs> Another thing I want to get to, because uh, in, in the course of uh, human events, you find yourself uh, having to insult people uh, just for fun and games sometimes, sometimes because they deserve it. In this case, I was just woke up on the wrong side of the bed, and this was the first thing I saw that morning. But it is important to understand in the course of uh, online discussion, because this comes up all the time. People will like accuse you of, like, how dare you throw ad hominems at me? An ad hominem is rejecting an argument merely because of the person who says it, which is to say that logic is somehow different for them because of preconditions of their existence. However, clearly that's not actually true because logic is just logic. Um, and there is, uh, dare I say, an objective truth. An insult, on the other hand, is treating someone with rudeness or contempt. It's severing a tie with them in a very blunt uh, fashion, there's a huge difference. In fact, there's a great uh, online article years ago called the ad hominem fallacy fallacy. And it's, the exa- it's all these examples of people how people take um, insults and mistake them for ad hominem. So in this case, uh, my, my tweet sums it up. Is, uh, That's not an ad hominem, you idiot. It's an insult. <laughs> <laughs> so it's important to know the difference. Like I said, being nice does take energy, and not everyone has shown that they are capable of having uh, discussions about Bitcoin in a logical, systematic method, and thus, you know, they have a higher threshold by which they need to to reach before you show them the kindness that they think they deserve, especially when they're pumping scams that are in direct competition with yours and uh, likely massive malinvestments that are, you know, on net bringing harm to the economy. So it's, invari- it's just a good to know the difference on that. Moving on, no apologies. Um, there's never a reason to have apologies, especially with the no coiners. We were all no corners once. I was skeptical of Bitcoin. I thought that it was a fiat currency because I hadn't yet, you know fully understood what it meant to be fiat. It wasn't merely out of thin air. it's that it's uh, uh, by decree. Satoshi, praise be upon him. He might be the only one who was never a no-coiner. Maybe Hal Finney as well. But they will learn. Um, And this might not be because uh, someone was insulting them online. Um, It could just be because Paul Krugman goes to the newsstand one day and they were no longer accepting his precious dollars uh, that he desperately wanted to get rid of because of his own economic policies, um, but that he is forced to use Bitcoin. They will have to learn. If someone is unwilling to take on your such intolerant, toxic opinion, then they're also not going to be the the people who can take seriously actually correct but perhaps um, unpopular opinions. Um, and so if, if they are treating ideas with such contempt, um, you can't expect them to be able to take it to its full extent in the first place. They simply, once again, have not deserved yet to have actual discussion. They need to prove that they're capable of it. In a nutshell, reject no-coin or orthodoxy. Do not fall into their frame. Do not uh, show them mercy. Always remind them that number go up. Orange coin, good, number go up. Some requirements for successful memeing. Knowledge. You need to study hard. You need to read the books. You need to read Mises, Rothbard, Hayek. You need to, uh, Hoppe, you need to read the classics of, you know, computer science and, you know, networks, everything that goes into Bitcoin. You need to fully understand if you want to actually have uh, yourself armed to, to be able to go out and meme. You can't merely show up and just be an idiot. You will be found out. Likewise, you need to find actual truth. There's plenty of methods of trolling online that require knowing nothing about anything, and certainly being far from the truth just because you want to get a rise out of someone. However, that's a very uh, short-term thinking uh, thing, and we'll get to that. I think that it's more, you know, I'm, I'm calling for ethical trolling, a conscious uh, memeing, if you will. Um, so it's important to always be right. Finally, you need confidence. You need to be able to stand up for yourself and the ideas you believe. And you, you have that confidence because you studied hard, and you know it's the truth, because you did the work, yeah, you proved your work, um, and it comes out in a nice little meme. Time preference, of course I have to bring this up, uh, can't go with a, a talk without mentioning it. Memecraft does not transpire in a day. So it took it took years for us to go from calling, you know, Litecoin a shitcoin in you know, 2013 to it being named, uh, you know, as a technical term on the uh, congressional floor. Because of this, this is also why it's so important to stick to the truth, because it gives you this uh, long-term focus that drives you towards good, valuable content for perpetuity. I do want to just bring up, just to to drive this home, I really do think that being truthful is more important than just merely getting a rise of people online, and Alexander Sholtenitsyn has a fantastic essay called Live Not By Lies um, that he wrote after the, the gulags, where he took up the cause of, of rejecting all falsehood in his life, uh, even at some you know personal costs. And this meant not reading any uh, lies in the newspaper, not telling any lies, always taking on the truth, um, even where it had the short-term costs for him. And uh, quite frankly, it's in your advantage to not read the news anyway, because it's full of blue check, no coiners, spreading lies about Bitcoin in the first place. In summary, you can be the virgin arguer trying to suck up to Paul Krugman with a nice argument you got there um, about the actual nature of money. Or you can be the Chad Memer and just remind them, number go up. (laughs) Anyway, I just want to end with some uh, recommended reading. Uh, The first, a lot of this was inspired by uh, the wonderful Elaine Au. Uh, She had a fantastic article called Rejecting No-Coiner Orthodoxy. She gives a lot of great examples of how you can use that sort of rhetoric and the the reframing and uh, agreeing and amplifying to get around the no-coiner dogma and the ways that they try to pin you down. Rhetoric by Aristotle, to learn more about that if you want to be a nerd. The Art of Controversy by Arthur Schopenhauer is a very fun read that tells you all of the underhanded ways uh, to do all of this. Uh, he actually does encourage you, if you uh, specifically if you feel like you're losing an argument, to just start insulting the person as a way out. Um, I prefer doing it after I've won the argument, just as a way to remind them who won. But... <laughs> It is a very fun essay. Um, Isaiah's Job by uh, Awar J. Nock is one of my favorite essays of all time, and it's about bracing the remnant. So especially directed at the pre-coiners, you want to find the pre-coiners, and you want to be there putting out a beacon of truth so that those pre-coiners and bit-coiners can find you so you can help cultivate all of those ideas for them. Uh, Live Not By Lies by Schulz Nitsen. And of course, I can't go without recommending uh, The Bitcoin Standard by, you know, the wonderful Saif Adin Amus and The Ethics of Money Supply by Guido Holzman. That is my talk on rhetoric. If anyone has questions, I'm happy to, uh, you know, take them on.
2: One great question was, you talked earlier about don't take on their labels for us, right? At the same time, if I see somebody with Toxic or Maximus, I'm like, Paul, that guy. That guy's the real deal. So how do you square that? You call that the cringe or the guy, right?
1: Yeah, so what's happening there is basically, like, who has the dominant meme? And sometimes you might put out a meme that's stale. Like, it's, a, it's an ongoing process where you're just trying out new ideas and stuff. But if you have the weak frame, that's when the shitcoinologist is really cringy. But when you're able to reframe it successfully and you're showing, like, yeah, we're maximalists, and you're just, like, pumping out it out hard with, uh, you know, good knowledge and all of that, it's going to become a dominant meme, and it's no longer... Cringy. So it's really all about how successful your memes are. You want the dominant framing always.
2: What are your thoughts on members of the group who are potentially in a gray area promoting
1: Bitcoin, but also open to, you know, crypto? Or oh no! <laughs> Purge. Off to the gulag. <laughs> no. Um. Yeah. I mean, it, this. Once again, I mean, even in-group versus out-group distinction, that's not that's not really black and white. There's a whole spectrum of stuff. Um, that person is going to be in a, a specific space. Like, um, it, it really depends on the person, but y- you clearly, like, w- that person I'm going to keep at more arm's length because they're going to agree with a lot of your good stuff, and then all of a sudden you're going to turn around and they're going to be promoting a shit coin. And you just have to, like, deal. You don't want to be, like, too close to that. I don't want to touch that. But, you know, there, there are, uh, you know, there are people who, al- those people can also learn. I don't think they need to be uh, fully purged or anything like that. And I'm not, to be clear, I'm, like, I'm using that language. I'm joking here, people. People like that, you know, they're not going to be in my innermost circles because I want to be able to have uh, a conversation space where we can actually discuss good things. But that's not to say that someone like that is not going to find themselves in, a, like, a good place in the division of labor to help the broader meme. But also relentlessly remind them they're scammers.
2: Who's better at R and trolling, you or Michael Malice?
1: <laughs> um, I he has many years of experience on me. Um, and he he goes more toe to toe with people. My skill set has been more directed at just like crafting good uh, sort of memes like phrases and stuff like that michael malice is the kind of person who uh he just goes direct he's constantly quote tweeting people and like pushing them and uh it, it's a very different style but uh the man's a master anyone uh should look up uh my friend michael malice he's a brilliant guy everyone a round of applause Thank you. Thank you. Been here for
2: a long time and uh, I like just got really tired of it. It's just too many people that are rent seeking and, and I, I even like let the, the I, I still try to figure out what to do with the Austin awesome Ethereum meetup. You know, I like completely stopped working with all those companies and shifted the mindset once I just saw that they, they weren't really providing any value and they're all just trying to extract It's just garbage. Um and this is something something that was in since like the beginning. And uh, ever since then like I've been trying to just you know, educate people, like what I've seen, and I think it's pretty damn apparent, but I think they're so, like, pot obligated, and there's so much going to do they don't want to do anything, and so as a result, many people have, like, distanced themselves, unfollowed me, blocked me, etc. and so, like, what you know, what I have, like, a lot of people that are still kind of on the fringes of, like, relationships with me. What can I do, like, cause if, I, if, I, if I start going hard in the thing, I'm pretty sure they're just gonna block me, and then, like, nothing gets done.
1: So like what? So you basically how do you how do you salvage those remnants or whatever?
2: Like how how do I do something productive for Bitcoin? Like is is having more people blocking? You I better? I
1: mean it, like the, those people may if they're if they're blocking you because you're putting out you know what you believe is truthful content, yeah. then you probably don't want to have been engaging with them in the first place. So I wouldn't mind engaging with them. You also have to understand, I mean, Bitcoin is such an, even even cryptocurrency is such a tiny portion of all of humanity that getting hung up on them is missing out on a whole ocean of people who are looking for this good content. So I, I have no reason to get hung up on uh, those people. But at the same time, if they were to come back to me later um, and be like, hey, actually all of what you were saying in hindsight looked good, which by the way is also a good time preference comment because we get to like uh, shit on Ethereum while it's on its way up, and like have been building all of that up so that when it finally does crash over time, which now it's just like doing pathetically as far as I understand. I don't wanna get the prices, but you've had that whole time to be uh, very consistent about your message and not not get uh, fooled by the randomness of the ups and downs. But ultimately, like you know, there's a whole ocean of people out there there's seven billion people there's like 10 that are in the cryptocurrency space total and like all of them are here like this is it uh, <laughs> but so like we have that many more people Fo- focus on them get them in um, and uh I-, I wouldn't worry as much about those people
2: people more involved in your analogy uh, what's the uh, role of the food soldiers because i see lots of this requires uh dedication a lot of time a lot of understanding uh, sustaining an argument is not an easy thing to do and there's a lot of people willing to contribute and I got probably thousands of subscribers in Latin America that are willing to contribute their tiny uh, tiny bit, but how do you see the foot soldier role in this meme war
1: I love my foot soldiers. There's a wonderful thing online, so we saw it, you know, the whole Russian bot thing, which really just meant anyone who disagrees with me is a Russian bot. Anyone who disagrees with me is X pejorative. And the funny thing is basically what people see is that you have all of these people rallying together and just saying you know, mean things to someone and they think that it must be coordinated. But it's not. It's a totally decentralized mechanism of just a lot of people came to have a differing opinion than Harvard. It's possible and people should. We've seen what, you know, Saifedean was showing what they've they've done to us. So it's good that people are are sort of having differing opinions. And I like when people have differing opinions. But the point is, is it's not like a big, like everyone didn't like come together is the fact that everyone sort of individually learned and they knew the the number go up statements that they just throw to people. It's like uh, this guy, you know, someone uh, gets online and on Twitter, some blue check marks, some really popular person and and says negative things about Bitcoin because we were able to create the, to craft the memes of just Bitcoin fixes this, number go up, orange coin good, you get to see just this endless replies of the foot soldiers, they know what to say. It's just like, hey, number go up. And it just gets to embarrass these people. The foot soldiers should be uh, doing everything they can to get the knowledge, the truth, and whatever. And if they're the kind of person who just wants to you know, spend their day going and, and seeking out the people saying negative things, piling on the number go up, totally support that. And it's uh, extremely helpful. Yeah, I think it's uh, time to wrap this up. But thank you again for uh, listening to my ridiculous TED Talk. And uh, I'll see you
0: around. I hope you enjoyed Bitstein's session. now I think maybe you can understand why I said it went viral. If you want to find out more about Bitstein, I've recorded two interviews with him on the Crypto Cousins podcast at CryptoCousins.com you may want to take a listen to those. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing and sharing the BitBlockBoom podcast and conference with your friends. Thanks for listening to this episode of the BitBlockBoom podcast. Make sure to take a look at this year's lineup of speakers at bitblockboom.com and I hope I get to meet you at the next BitBlockBoom conference in Dallas, Texas. BitBlockBoom! Let's go! Let's go, crypto!